Yes. This is Christmas Except Unplugged. <laughs> well, we are here to celebrate Christmas. Thank you so much for making this occasion part of your celebration and joining us here tonight. Um, we're going to start off joyfully singing. If you would please rise and stand and sing with us. Adore him, oh come let us adore him. 
Over the hills and everywhere 
Christmas, everybody. It's, uh, it's probably cooler than you know that Neil is leading a song since he, he survived throat cancer this year. Uh, so, so that we have, it's pretty exciting to have him at all. So we're thankful for that. Hey, welcome. We're so glad that you're here. I know that there are people from out of town, in town, uh, everything, you know, across the board. We're just glad to have you with us. Um, many thanks. Just, we've already done a couple of services, but to our team that's been leading up here, and they worked all day and then came up here and did this for us. So thank you all for all that. <clears throat> so whenever you come to Crested Butte, uh, whether you came here to live or you came here to vacation, you came because there are some things, part of the reason you came is you wanted to leave a few things behind and uh, get in a place where you felt like you were closer to the things that God has made, right? It points us to him here. Somehow this little bit more creation in front of us draws us to him. And so all of us are here partially for that reason. What I want to do is I'm just going to share 10 minutes of thoughts with you but before I do that, I want to ask you all just to, we're going to pray. And if you can just, during that prayer, just take a deep breath. And whatever your plans are, whatever you're thinking about, whatever your work looks like, whatever, you know, just take a deep breath and leave all that at the door for a second. And then we'll talk and we're going to sing Silent Night and light some candles and then head on out. But let me pray for us. God, I do, I thank you for each person that's here. Uh, we, we really are here, I think, in this place, uh, in, this, uh, in this valley, because we want to see you. Um, God, you've done incredible things here, and, and of course, you've done them everywhere. They just seem so visible here. But I pray even in this room, in this community of friends, uh, Lord, that we would just be, um, for a moment, uh, be able to leave the stuff that's on our minds, uh, the next thing on the schedule, tomorrow, the week, work at home, whatever it is, we just leave that at the door for a moment. And God, think about what it was uh, and what it is that we have been uh, offered a Savior. So let's do that just for a moment, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, if you'll read with me, I'm going to put up on the board here, and also in your, uh, if you've got a bulletin, printed really small in the bulletin <laughs> is this passage. It's from Luke 2, verse 8. You'll be familiar with this story. Let me read it to you. And in the same region, there were shepherds out in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were filled with great fear. And the angel said to them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy that will be for all the people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. 
And this will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in swaddling cloths and lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly hosts praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest and on earth peace among those with whom he is pleased. And when the angel went away from them, angels went away from them into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let's go over to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has made known to us. And they went with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the baby lying in a manger. And when they saw it, they made known the saying that he had been told concerning the child. And all who heard it wondered, wondered at what the shepherds had told them. But Mary treasured up all these things, pondering them in her heart. And the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen as it had been told to them. So it'll be joyful in these weeks around Christmas. We're doing a little series of messages that are looking at the reaction that different people in the scripture have when they get the message that there is a Savior. And so we've we've looked at one, we're going to do one tonight, and and what you're going to see is the reaction that these shepherds have to the fact that they've been told that there's a Savior. And, and here's the main thing that I, I, I want you to hear. This is the one main thing I want you to see. If someone tells you, or the scripture tells you, that there is someone who can make it possible for you to be in a right relationship with God, then it's worth checking out. Now, I know that there are all kinds of people in this room. All kinds. Especially in the way that we have decided to or relate to God. There are a lot of us that have uh, very open minds, um, hopefully all of us do, but who, who are skeptical of there being one true faith or anything like that. But, but what I want to encourage you to do, regardless of if you're on that end or you're on the end that you just believe forever, wherever you fall in that, in that continuum, what I want to encourage you to do is do what the shepherds do, and that's when you hear this Bible telling you that there's a Savior that can make it right between you and God, you should look at the Savior and just check that out. And here, here's the reason I think that you should, and I think that I should. I think that the, the reward of doing that is worth the looking. Let me, let me put it to you this way. I, uh, if, if you think back, and, and probably all of us can, I mean, even go back to childhood. If there's someone that you wish that relationship could be restored, that you had, is there someone in your life that you wish you could have a restored relationship, a kid, friend, a college friend, high school, you know, any kind of relationship you've had, if it could be restored, not only restored, but made really good, like super healthy, really well, and like so much so that you, there was joy in that relationship. I, I bet all of us can think of somebody that we would love to have that. I know that I can. I can think of a lot. But even more so, if, if it were possible to say that the most important relationship that you could ever have could be made right and fill you up in a way that you never, ever, ever thought any relationship ever could, an eternal and permanent relationship with the creator of the universe, if that could happen and be made right, would it be worth looking at that? 
I think it would be. If it would be, if it would be good for me to be renewed with a friend, how much more so to be uh, united with, in friendship or in relationship with God? And, and this is what's been offered to these shepherds. And, you know, I, I think uh, if, you can, if you can imagine what it was like for them. The, so these are blue-collar guys, right? They're working for a low hourly wage. And so they're in the fields in the middle of the night. It's cold. And they've probably got a fire going, right? You've all, you know, heard messages about this before, or pictured them. And they're all around there. And suddenly these angels are, are speaking to them in this miracle. In, in fact, they sing. Now, if, if you've ever been to the most incredible concert, you know, if you can think back to a concert that just blew your socks off or some, like, arena or facility that was just incredible in the chorus or the band or whatever, you were like, oh, this is un- just jaw-dropping, unbelievable. Everybody been to something like that? You know, you, you remember that. I'm not going to tell you the concert I'm thinking of, <laughs> but it was awesome. And... Uh, This was so much bigger. and be- These are the angels of God talking about the one who can make relationship right with God, the greatest thing God will do for mankind. This is a pretty good concert. Their jaws are dropped, okay? They're blown away by this. And I think it's, Luke kind of understates it when they, you, you can see in verse 15, it says, let us go to Bethlehem. I, I'm not sure that was it. I think they're like, we're out of here. Like they're calling, you know, whoever else in the family can come watch the sheep. And they're, they're moving it to Bethlehem as fast as they can get there, right? They're going to go find this baby. And, and here's the thing. It's just much, much more than a baby. And, and I've, been trying to put, I've been trying to put my finger on this for a while. And, and I, know, I, I know I can't, I'm not going to say it to you in a way probably a really good speaker could or communicate it, but I want, what I want to do is, is, is try to communicate this thought that there is, the Savior is not a Savior. Like, for me, I grew up in a, in a real religious kind of environment. And so Savior was like a real big technical word, you know, the Savior and the Messiah and all of that stuff. And so it had to do, for me, with religion, in like being good and doing the right stuff and aligning myself with the right, you know, doing certain things, going to church, I don't know, whatever else might be included in, you know, the church thing, in religion. Well, the, the thing that I'm trying to put my finger on is the fact that this, this Savior idea is, is not about any of that stuff. It's, it's, it's a save, we're being saved if we're willing, into relationship. It's not a savior from bad things or savior to make you good or savior to make sure you're not bad. Or irre- it's, it's not, that's not what it is. It's about, relation, it's about making relationship possible. It's about doing, in a, if you're saved, it means something's been done for you that you can't do for yourself, right? If you save me, that means I couldn't do it. She had to help me. She saved me, Right? So this is, but this isn't a, a saving out of a dangerous situation like we would typically think. This is a saving of relationship into that permanent relationship. I heard this, this speaker, some of you may be familiar with him. His name's Andy Stanley. He's over in Atlanta. And uh, he told this story about 
uh, a time when his daughter, his college-age daughter, came home. And she, uh, she was, uh, I guess, had gotten up as mid-morning, he, and he was in his study working. And so uh, while he's, you know, got his head down, he's doing his work, suddenly hears this incredible crash noise, this, you know, glass breaking. And he's like, you know, what is going on in my house? You know, and then he hears his daughter scream, which if you're a dad and your daughter's screaming and glass is breaking, you're up, right? You're moving. So he's up, and he said the crashing just continues and continues like in waves, this glass breaking. He's like, what in the world is going on? So he's running through the house. He goes down the stairs, runs, finds his daughter in the kitchen, and she's standing in the kitchen. She has like, you know, her college shorts on and her, she, no shoes. And she, she's covered, her feet are covered in glass. There's glass all over the kitchen, all over the tables. And what she had done is she's reached up to get a glass out of the cabinet. They had this huge cabinet of, of um, that kind of stuff. And, you know, those little pins that hold those, you know, uh, shelves in had just like given way or wasn't in right. Bam, bam, bam. He said all of the glassware, everywhere just shattered all over this kitchen, okay? So she's standing there when he comes in the room and she's crying. All this glass is actually cut. Some of it's cut her legs. He's bleeding. And she's standing there barefoot, covered in glass. There's glass everywhere. She's totally stuck in the middle of the room. Now, you know, as a dad, if you're a daddy, you can kind of picture this situation, you know? And so he's like, oh my God, you know? So what he does is he goes off and he grabs his biggest pair of boots with the thickest, you know, sole. And he comes, and he puts them on while she stands there and he comes in and, you know, he, he gets up close to her and makes sure that she's not going to get cut and leans over and lets her crawl up on his back. And then she, he carries her out of the room to a place, you know, out, out, out of the way completely where he can, you know, get some band-aids, get her cleaned up, keep her safe, right? And I think, what I, when I heard him say, tell that story, it resonated with me because it was this picture of a person who's in a situation that they cannot do anything about. You know, they're hurt, there's no way out, but her father comes in to where she is, makes it possible for her to get out, you know, lets her crawl on his back, and he takes her out. And so when the shepherds got the message that there's this Savior and it's a baby, well, it's not so much about the baby as it is about the Savior to make the relationship right because what God the Father is doing is coming into the space where we are and saying, do you want to get on my back and let me bring you out of a place you cannot get out of on your own? I will do it for you. And that's what the Savior is. He's, he's saving us to relationship. Does it make us better than any other person? Nothing like that. All he is doing is giving us the opportunity to be in relationship with the one true God. And that is worth looking at. And the shepherds went and looked at it, right? They hauled over there to Bethlehem to check it out. And I think, I'll just close with this. I think what Mary says, or what Mary does actually, is, is the thing that I would encourage all of you to do, no matter where you are spiritually. And that's this. She says, or it says about her in verse uh, 19. But Mary treasured up all these things, all the things that these, uh, the shepherds had told her that they had heard and seen and pondered them in her heart. You know, when you treasure something, you value it. So she values the thing that they said. She says, okay, I'm going I'm to hold this thing up and I'm going to ponder it. I'm going to think deeply about it. 
So she's going to look at all angles of this thing. I'm going to look at this, this, this thing that, that has been said to me about my son. And what I want to do is encourage you. I'm going to pray. We're going to move into this, this next step. But while you have some time, while you're here, while you're free tomorrow, while you're on the lift, while you're hiking or just having a coffee in a great place, take a second and say, okay, the Bible said that there is a Savior who can make it right between God and I. For some reason... The Father has stepped into this world and said, you can get, I will help you get out of this place and into relationship with me. It's worth looking at because if that's true, and I believe it is, then the depth and the beauty of that relationship is much more than you could ever, ever expect it to be. And much better than any healed relationship even here on earth. So let me pray. And then we're going to, if you guys want to come on up and we'll, light our candles. God, thank you for a chance just to be with uh, so many people tonight. Hundreds of people in Crested Butte who want to at least think about you and the Savior, your son, for a few minutes, God. And I think a lot of people uh, look at Crested Butte as a a place where uh, maybe knowing about you or following you or that kind of thing is maybe... um, not cool or not something that is happening or people aren't living for you here, but God, that is just not true. And uh, so many people have taken time to look when they were told that there was a Savior to make things right. Um, And God, I pray that uh, many, many would, many, many more would do that, even people in this room right now. And God, as we, uh, let's light these candles and sing this song, I pray that it would be a really cool, memorable moment for each one of us. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. So what I'm going to do, they're going to ask you to stand in just a second. I'm going to start a candle here. Suzette. And then you guys will just pass them along. And when you're finished, you can just leave your uh, cup and candle in the seat and we'll take care of it. I did that last time. Uh, you that <laughs> Silent night. Please stand up. Lean that over. Silent night, holy night, all is calm, all is bright. Ah!
transfer us out of the dominion of darkness and into your kingdom of light forever. And even as now we sometimes go through times that don't seem so light or seem so full of peace, the truth is you are still there and you are light and you are peace. And so as we go out from this place, can these candles just kind of be like a symbol of the flame you've kindled in our hearts? And maybe it was kindled a long time ago, maybe it was kindled tonight, Maybe it was just starting to sputter and it's kind of flaming up. Would you just keep fanning that into flame so that we can know you more and more? Thank you so much for this time we've had together. In your name, amen. Please blow out the candles and make sure there's not like a lot of drippy wax. (laughs) And then if you can just set those in your seat, that'd be great.